I love the job that our Anthem team put together for that. Just fantastic work. Thanks, everybody, for putting effort into that. You know, it, often paint, it paints a picture of what we're like as well, often prone to go in the opposite direction that God's calling us to go to. Uh, have you ever been asked by someone to go somewhere specific and you just instinctively want to turn the, the, the opposite direction, like you want to do the exact opposite? Um, like I know that I have a tendency in my life uh, to go the exact opposite way that I'm being asked to go. And my wife's in a room somewhere in our house nodding right now because uh, that's true for me. But here's the, the, the news. It's true for you as well that all of us have this tendency in our lives to want to do and to go our own way and do our own thing. Um, we generally do what we want to do. Um, you know, one of the things that I've heard said during this time of kind of lockdown and isolation is that because of the stress that's gone through so many of our lives, that productivity, what we get done, what we're able to get done in our jobs and in our homes has across the board reduced by about 25%. Um, now that gives me some relief because I feel like sometimes it's easy to be lethargic and hard to get going and hard to get things done that I want to get done. Um, we're slow to move during this time. We're slow to move and we want to do our own thing. Uh, one of the people whose uh, historical stories makes up the Old Testament is a prophet by the name of Jonah. And this is a classic story of somebody who wanted to do his own thing rather than wanted to go God's way. And um, you know, we'll get into the details of that as we go. Um, but this is a story that if, you've, if you remember it from a kid or you've heard it told before, you always think of it as Jonah and the whale. That's right, or the fish. Uh, Jonah and the whale. Um, but this story is really not about the whale. Everybody focuses on, on that. Honestly, the whale is only mentioned in two verses throughout the whole book of Jonah. And it's really just Jonah's uber, really. It's just a way of God getting Jonah from point A to point B. He's only just mentioned as a means of transportation, and that's about it. Um, but the whale is kind of like that central idea, but really, the, we've called this series Jonah. It's not about the whale because it's not. Um, it's not really even about Jonah. It's about a, a merciful God who just loves to accept people into his family. Um, but there was a, there's a story about um, uh, you know, a girl talking to her teacher about uh, a whale, and I got this off the internet, and the teacher said, you know, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human because although a whale's like an enormous mammal, it has a very thin throat and, uh, you know, wouldn't be able to swallow uh, a human. And the little girl in the class said, well, Jonah was swallowed by a whale, and I read it in my Bible, so it must be true. And this irritated teacher said, well, you know, it's just, it's just physically impossible. And so the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah if it actually happened or not. And the teacher said, well, what if, what if Jonah's not in heaven? What if Jonah went to hell? And the little girl said, well, you ask him. And, uh, you know, everyone focuses on the, the whale or the fish in this story. Like, it's okay for people to eat fish, but it's not okay for fish to eat people. But this whole thing is not about the whale. There's, a, there's a, a fish and a little bit of it, but the hero in this story is not the fish or the whale. The hero in this story is not Jonah. The hero in this story is a God who is merciful and loves to forgive people whenever they even make the smallest turn towards him. Um, and so this morning, I want to just uh, start out by us looking at the first chapter of the book of Jonah. 
And I, I just let me just give you kind of a quick synopsis of what this thing's about, because some of you like it, like, you know, you look at the Old Testament and you're overwhelmed by it. And you're like, I don't even want to start reading all that stuff. But this little account of Jonah's life is somewhat different. So if I've only got your attention for just a few minutes this morning, I just want to let you know what the four chapters of Jonah are about. Four chapters. This, this book is broken up into four little ideas. Chapter, chapter one, God speaks to Jonah. Okay, that's the beginning of it right there. God speaks to Jonah. Chapter two, Jonah speaks to God. Chapter three, God speaks through Jonah. And chapter four, God and Jonah speak to each other. Okay, so could there be an easier description of a book in the Bible uh, than just like that way to break it down? So if you're going to read the book of Jonah, which I really think you all should, in the next 24 hours, spend 10 to 15 minutes just reading this story of this guy named Jonah who can have a lot of similarities with our life and can uh, be similar to us in so many ways. That's just the way to break it up really easily. But today we're just going to look at chapter 1, and I think you and I are going to learn something new from it. So let's read this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they, and th- and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He was a little bit tired. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he'll take notice of us so that we will not die. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell to Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, and so they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that this is my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. And then verse 15 says, and then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea grew calm. So let me just kind of like unpack this little uh, narrative a little bit. Jonah has been called by God to go to the city of Nineveh and to preach against it. It's not a great assignment. It's not something he would have necessarily wanted to do. Nineveh is a city of 120,000 people, a tough barbaric, sprawling city. These are, these are the opposite of Israel. They hated Israel. This, this city is uh, uh, Nineveh, which is in modern-day Mosul, Iraq. So it's, it's a 500-mile uh, trip east of where Jonah is in Israel. So you're talking rival cities and countries. Think Red Sox and Yankees, but multiplied somewhat. 
the city of Mosul, Iraq now is not a great city to be in, right? And it seems like then it was something that, jo- uh, that Jonah would have avoided like the plague and did so. But what does Jonah do? Jonah is called, to go, called by God to go to, uh, uh, to Nineveh. Jonah picks up and goes the opposite direction. He goes about 40 miles to the coast to the, to the city of Tarshish, uh, sorry, to the city of Joppa, which is modern-day Tel Aviv. He buys a ticket, uh, goes to a travel agency, Expedia or something, goes to a travel agency, buys a ticket to get on a boat, which is going to Tarshish. Tarshish is 2,500 miles west, like 3,000 miles from where God is calling him to go. It's in the opposite direction. Tarshish is modern-day Seville in Spain on the beautiful Spanish Riviera. All right, like if you had a choice to go to Mosul or Seville, you'd be going to Seville as well. Like you, although we look at, we're going to look at Jonah, you're going to think, oh, Jonah, you idiot. You should have obeyed God. You should have done what you, you know, been asked to do by God. Then you wouldn't get swallowed by whales and stuff like that. But you and I are just the same. We have that tendency to want to go the opposite direction. He buys a ticket. He boards a boat. He boards the ship. And you know what? I think... The, the situation for us is the same as it was for Jonah, in that whenever God is leading you somewhere, there will always be a boat heading in the wrong direction. Whenever God's leading you somewhere, there'll always be a boat heading in the wrong direction. Whenever you're asked by God to go this direction, there'll always be like an open opportunity to jump on a cruise going this direction for an easier option. You know, it might seem like an easier choice at first to disobey God, but it always is much harder at the end of the day. And we're going to see this truth play out. If you spend just a few minutes today, a few minutes in the next 24 hours, I know you have time. You may not even get to the end of this stream, but I want to challenge you to, to uh, get through the book of Jonah, to read the book of Jonah. It'll take you 10 minutes. I know it's hard to trust God, and I know it's hard to make choices to go God's way. We all struggle with that. We all struggle with that idea of going God's way when it would be easier to head the opposite direction. And then just watch what happens. You know, Jonah gets on this boat. A storm comes, the worst kind of storm. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a really bad storm, but there is nothing worse than a really bad storm when you're at sea. I think back to December 19th, 1982, I was on a cross-channel ferry coming from France to England. Should have taken about an hour and 15 minutes. But as we were getting ready to, to board the ferry, we knew that because of this awful rain and the weather around us, that this was going to be a rough crossing. Uh, there was a storm coming. And then we got on the boat, and then it was even clearer that there was a bad storm coming and that it's going to be a tough crossing, because as I went up to the top deck where everybody sits on these nice, comfortable chairs, there was a bath bag on every seat. Like, they, they knew what was coming. They knew this was going to be a rough crossing. The crossing that should have taken an hour and 15 minutes for us took five and a half hours. There was times during that crossing when, as you were getting close, finally getting close to the the port, 20 miles across from Dover, from Calais to Dover, from France to England, you could start to see the 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 horizon of lights at night um, for the for the the landline there. And with these big windows on the side of the ship, you would see the, the the ship rocking from side to side so much that the the land 
line would go above the window, and then the ship would rock back the other way, and the line would go below the window. And here's the deal, and I've got a photo for you for this. This storm was so bad that the ship in the next port over tipped over, and people lost their lives. I'm not exaggerating. Like, if we had gone to Felixstowe instead of Dover, which was the next uh, ship crossing, and been on that next crossing, we, our ship would have overturned, and people lost their lives. The, the, the Townsend Taurus and Herald of Free Enterprise went down that night. But this is, this is not unlike that. This is the kind of uh, river crossing, the kind of storm at sea, where the sailors think they're going to their, lose their lives. These tough sailors... Now, these guys are pagans. They don't worship God, and they just start to cry out to their own gods or just crying out to the air to whoever. They throw their business, they throw their, um, their, uh, all their stuff overboard, all their produce, all, everything that they've got to, to lighten the load. Their business is basically gone. And in the midst of this storm, Jonah is downstairs napping. He's checked out. He's seasick or something, or he's asleep. And it seems that one small move away from God led to another small move away from God. You know, he starts out by going the wrong direction. He starts out by heading to the port of Joppa. He, he, he then, then, he, then he buys a ticket. Then he boards a boat. And then he's downstairs in the hull. Then he's ignoring God while everybody's crying out. In the midst of a storm, he's just closing himself off and isolating. Have you ever realized that you're sleeping and in the midst of, of, of ignoring the destiny that God has for you, that you're, sl- that you're asleep to your destiny, that you're snoring away God's plan for your life. You know, it's not that we make deliberate attempts to go the opposite direction when God calls us. I think it's that we make very, very subtle exits to what we know is the right thing to do. You know, some of us need God to wake us up, to, to get a hold of us. And we've always said our mission our anthem is to awaken everyone around us to the life God has for us. But I know that in my life, I am somebody, the one, somebody, I'm the one that often needs to be the one who's woken up. I need to be awakened to my tendency to turn the opposite direction from where God's calling me. Then the captain wakes up Jonah and they draw straws and they realize that Jonah's Jonah's the problem. And in verse 8, you know, it says that they asked him, they said, tell us who's responsible for making this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And all of a sudden, Jonah's got an opportunity to, to, to confess who he is and what he's about, to be real with these sailors, to, in a sense, be real with God about who he is. And to sort of slide his awful resume of disobedience to God across the table and say, this is who I am. Jonah's faced with the chance to be truthful about who he is. You ever, really, you ever been in that space where you, you get the, the, that moment, that moment of chance to be honest? In verse 9, Jonah, Jonah said, he, he answered, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. He made the sea and the dry land. In other words, Jonah's saying, I worship the God who's in charge of oceans, storms, and earth, and everything. He's my God, and in fact, I happen to know that he sent this storm to us, and it's because of me. 
Now, it doesn't seem like these sailors were, were Hebrews or God-fearing people in any way, but they knew Jonah and Jonah's people to be God's chosen people. And all of a sudden, they're aware of somebody much bigger than them, and they're willing to turn to God quicker than Jonah is. The, the Bible says that they were the ones that turned from their gods, and they started to worship God in the midst of it all. Quicker than, quicker than, than Jonah is. Jonah is still in that spot. He really where he's running from God. He might be saying, I'm the problem, throw me overboard, but he's not coming directly clean to God and saying, this is about me here and I need to repent. I need to confess that I'm running the opposite direction. He's weak. He's, he's just w- still in that place where he's, he has a tendency to run from God. So if, if you wonder whether you're running from God, here's a, here's a few si- uh, signals and signs that maybe you're running from God as well. And perhaps you know what this is like, and I know that there's times that I know what this is like to run from God as well. Signs that you might be running from God. When God calls, you don't answer. You know, you, it, however God calls you, whether you sense things, whether you hear him speak, whether you read it in his word, whether it's because of other people... Um, uh, that are, that are serving God with you, however you respond to God, it's easy for us to, to just not answer, to recognize it. It would be easy for us to, to, to ignore God and ignore his ways. When God calls you, don't answer. You, it's like you send God to voicemail. You, you want God's call to go somewhere where you don't really have to, 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 to focus or concentrate on it. How about here's, this, here's another thing that we do when we're running from God. We take subtle steps in the opposite direction. Just the smallest step in the opposite direction. Because when Jonah, when Jonah was called to Nineveh, it was so easy for him just to kind of go the other way, to head for the coast, just to head for Joppa, see what's going on around there. Oh, they're selling tickets on a, on a cruise the opposite direction. Maybe I'll join that. It's subtle exits the opposite direction. Another thing that might be a sign that you're running from God is that you avoid the wilderness. You know, we know that doing the right thing, doing the best thing, will often result in us having to go through dark or difficult times. You know what's between Israel and Nineveh? 500 miles of desert. And that's that's rough terrain if you're in a Jeep Cherokee, but he's on a camel or a donkey or something, and it's going to be a tough journey through the wilderness. And one thing I've noticed over and over again is that feeling of saying to God, I will trust you, and then feeling after it that sense of wilderness. It's like God's giving us an opportunity to prove in a later phase that, yes, I actually will trust you. And I know that's tough, and I know you're sitting at home today, and you've got a a bunch of different options that you can do. You can continue making coffee. You can hang out with your kids. You can can keep scrolling, and you can exit the anthem stream. I know I only have you for a few minutes, but I want to encourage you in these few minutes, lean into what might God be saying to me this morning? What might God be calling out of me? that there might be a wilderness that God wants me to head towards rather than a cruise or a big open freeway that he wants me to head towards, that, that I want to head towards instead. And the fourth thing that we tend to do during uh, times of, of running from God is that we tend to isolate ourselves. We tend to put ourselves in a place of isolation or loneliness. That's pretty easy right now, right? Pretty easy to be on our own, 
disconnected from other individuals in a place where I know I'm not going to grow spiritually. I know I'm not going to move forward in my faith. Maybe you still feel like I'm just on the edge of wondering whether, whether God is real and whether he has a place in my life. But it's easier just to creep back and not even peer through the window and see what's happening in that Christian church kind of world. It's easy to isolate ourselves. Jonah ends up at the bottom of the ship, disconnected, disconnected from people who, uh, who, who uh, need to hear about God, the sailors that he's on the boat with, avoiding the mission, avoiding the call that he's got from God. You know, the, the choice to follow God and the choice to go God's ways doesn't come without a few bumps along the way, does it? It doesn't come without some, uh, sometimes some depression, some fear, some anxiety, some loss, some sleepless nights, some confusion, worry, worry about money, worried about family, kids, in-laws, all the things that, that, that might cause us concern when we, we're going to take a step towards following God. But I believe that God's plan will unfold for us as it did in Jonah's life. Again, not without wilderness periods, not without difficult times on the way. But I do believe that God always responds to people who will respond to his voice calling us. God calls Jonah, go to Nineveh. But it's the toughest thing for Jonah to, to, to respond to that positively. And it's so easy for him to go the opposite direction. Today, I want to ask you in the smallest possible way, are you willing to make a step towards Jesus rather than away from him? Towards God rather than away from him. It might be that maybe this sounds a, a bit too ethereal for you. Maybe um, you, you don't quite know how to put legs on that or how to go in the, the direction that God might be leading you in. There's a, a, a time in all of our lives, perhaps, if you're a, if you're a parent, or you had kids, or um, you know, maybe you are a kid, or maybe you, once, you were once a kid in some point in your history. That's probably all of us. Um, if you look back in your uh, time when you were a kid, you remember your parent probably being in a swimming pool and asking you to trust them as you jump in. And you're staring, standing there on the side of the pool as a three- or four-year-old with your floaties, and you're, you're thinking, if I jump in... Will my parent catch me or will I die a horrible four-year-old death? Like in, your, in your, your young little brain, you're wondering, can I trust my parent to catch me? And it's only as the child makes that decision to fall into the arms of the parent that they experience the joy of true trust. And I know just in these closing moments that you and I have had that thought so many times that like, I am not sure if I'm willing to put my faith in God just yet. I'm not sure if I, if I even know how to do it. I'm not sure if I know how to take steps towards Jesus Christ, but I'm not sure if I even want to do it because I don't know if he's going to hold me. And if some of those uh, ideas of taking a step toward Jesus seem a bit too vague for you, I want to give you some ideas of some next steps for, for, this, for like these next few days and this next week. Um, if you didn't happen to hear about uh, Alpha that's coming up earlier in the week, I know that the, the, the best person to attend Alpha is the person who is wondering whether God exists, wondering whether the Christian faith has uh, relevance for, 
for life in the 21st century, wondering whether Jesus Christ is real and has a plan for my life. If you're somebody like that, I want to just invite you to this this group called Alpha that I'm hosting on Tuesday night this week. It's going to be online. You can look it up on anthemchurch.life slash alpha. You have to sign up for like 10 weeks or anything like that. You can just come to the first one. Uh, well, I mean, sign up and let us know you're coming. We'd love to know you're, you're joining us. So we'll send you the Zoom link and all the rest of it. Um, but check out Alpha. It's an opportunity for every skeptic and every confused person about faith to peer in the window of the Christian faith and see if this thing has got legs and see if this thing can go the distance. That's, that's a, a, a first step in, I believe, taking a subtle step towards going God's way and seeing if he is trustworthy. See if you can fall into his arms. I think another great step is to, to, to read the book of Jonah is to find it in your Bible. It will take you 10 minutes and watch the unfolding story. And I, I am so excited to kind of unfold this over the next few weeks. And I'd love to dialogue or chat with any of you that have any questions or you have any thoughts like, was the whale really, weird, really real? You want to talk about any stuff like that? I'd love to discuss it with you. And uh, read the book. Think about joining us at Alpha. Think about reading the Bible and join us for these next few weeks uh, at Anthem Church online and like invite a friend to join us. And let's learn from somebody, learn from Jonah, who I guarantee you was more reluctant to follow Jesus Christ than you are. More reluctant to, to, to go God's way. More reluctant to be productive. More reluctant to submit and surrender at a, during a time when things are difficult. So let me pray for you this morning. Uh, our band is going to lead us again, but I just want to pray that God will give you and I the strength to, in whatever way that might be today, to go His way rather than go our way. Let's pray. Lord, for the person that's uh, listening to my voice today or perhaps at another, on another occasion as they scroll through Facebook and watch this, I pray that you will, uh, you will speak ahead of my words. Lord, I ask that you will speak and you will allow your words to impact our lives so that we're inspired, encouraged, pushed, uh, whatever it takes for us to, to go in the right direction rather than to take the subtle exits that we have a tendency to take. Give us, the, give us an ounce of faith for those that don't believe, for those that, that are finding it easy to, to, to continually step away. God, give us an ounce of faith and, be, and, and help us to be willing to peer through the window at what you might be asking us to do. I pray this in the name of Jesus.